0: Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game. Then you're in the right place. Master Craftsman Photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Believe in yourself. Have faith in your abilities. Without a humble but reasonable confidence in your own powers, you cannot be successful or happy, Norman Vincent Peale. Thank you so much for tuning in again to The Profitable Photographer. I am super honored to have the amazing Jeannie Hobbs of Hobbs Studios as my guest today, and I will share more about her in a moment, but I just wanted to remind you, if you haven't already logged in to LucyDumascoaching.com and received my ebook as a gift, 10 big ideas for marketing high-end photography in the real world. I would love for you to do that. And I'm thrilled if you would rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast. And please tell your friends because sharing is caring. When I pick this quote from Norman Vincent Peale, I wanted to share with you that when I was packing up my mom's house, I found piles of cassettes of people, especially Norman Vincent Peale and others that my father listened to over and over again. He was a Christian minister and it just made me so happy to see that my dad was a lifelong learner and I'm my father's daughter and I have cupboards of cassettes and all kinds of recording. And so when I ran across that quote, it just gave me a little happy, warm feeling thinking about my daddy. And also I honor those of you who are on this podcast, which would be you, <laughs> because you are continuing your education. And for me, that's one of the cores of Growing and sustaining a profitable business. The industry changes, everything changes. And the more we sharpen the edge of our knife, the more we're able to just continue on and grow and prosper. So, congratulations for you taking the step to listen today. I was thinking about and preparing for a conversation with Jeannie today, and I realized oh my gosh, I'm interviewing people that have been in business a long, long time and for some of my first podcasts here. And I was like, why is that? And what I realized is, first of all, because I've been around a long time, so I know people that have been successfully maintaining a healthy business for a long time. And also because I highly value what experience and the ability to stay vital, to keep having clients, to keep the business rolling through change on change on change. Because I'm sure that Miss Jeannie will agree that over the last, let's see, her business has been around how long, Jeannie?
1: For 34 years. We started in 1985.
0: Right. And so I'm sure you agree that there's been these redos, these step up to a next level, these opportunities and necessities for change. Yes?
1: Absolutely.
0: Yes. So let me introduce Jeannie so that you're not like,
1: who's that voice
0: in the background? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Jeannie Hobbs of Hobbs Studio in Chesapeake, Virginia, has been creating images since she held her first camera at the age of five. She's worked in the family studio since 1988 and is the studio's main photographer, among all kinds of other things. (laughs) Um, She strives to create images that capture the unique emotions within a family, the playfulness of a child, and the beauty and excitement of high school seniors. She's been continuing in her father's footsteps by speaking in photography groups, doing mentoring through the Virginia Mentoring Program, and promoting the ideals of the photographic industry. Jeannie is a Master Craftsman Photographer with the Professional Photographers of America and also a Fellow of Photography from Virginia Professional Photographers Association, has won many awards with her images and has been published both nationally and internationally. She's been the winner of the Best Photography Studio by the Virginia Pilot for the last 22 years. Wow.
1: The truth, yeah.
0: Woo! (laughs) That is saying something. So welcome, Jeannie, and thank you so much for being on one of my first shows.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited for you.
0: Thank you. Well, I'm excited to hear what you have to say today. So one of the reasons I invited Jeannie is because she has been in a family business. She did not start the studio on her own. Her father did, and they have had an amazing longevity within their community, and I thought it might be really valuable for the listeners to hear how you start a family business, how you sustain it, what it's like, when it's your turn to take over, you know, now what? So can you share with me a little about about your background and how the studio got started?
1: Yes. So 1985, my dad had a number of jobs. He learned his craft in the Navy, was a photographer in the Navy. And when like long about in the eighties, he had a number of jobs. And one of those jobs was teaching photography at the local community college, but he was also taking business classes and through his, uh, whatever that military bill is the GI bill, I think Mm -hmm. and he in his business class, they asked like, where's the, like in our community, what city do you think is going to be like the next big thing? Because, you know, we have in the Tidewater area, Norfolk was doing really well and Virginia Beach was coming along and he was, he was in a job that where he got to meet a lot of people. And he said, if I ever opened up a business, it, it would be in Chesapeake. I really like these people. And so even though we live a town over in Norfolk, which is 25 minutes away, Chesapeake is where he really wanted the studio to be. And so we opened 1985. I was still in high school, but my love of photography comes all the way back to when I was just, I was really little. I was five and my dad would, we lived in Atlanta at the time. And my dad used to run the dark room at the Navy base. And so when we would get out of daycare, he'd come pick us up and he would hide us in the, in the dark room at the, at the base until my mom got off work. And so he was working away and he would, you know, this is back in the dark room where they, you know, you would expose a sheet of paper and slip it into the developer and he would wave his magic wand and the image would start to come up mm. on the photograph. And like to a five year, he would, he would say abracadabra, and oh, there's oh, the, wow. like, there it is. And so to me, photography has always been magic mm. and it like, it still gives me the tingles thinking about that's where it all came from. Right. And I, like, I just love, Like I still feel all of that. Even today with digital, I still feel like photography is magic to me. So I'm like, you know, skip ahead. Like when I was in high school, I ran the darkroom for high school and I went through college and, you know, worked for a photography degree Um, But the studio has always been, I'm like, I practically grew up here. So in 1988, I graduated from high school and joined the studio right away and was dad's assistant. And by, let's see, by 1991, so two, maybe three years later, I was photographing the high school seniors. So because my dad still had his full time job, he would, you know, he would only come to the studio after four or five o'clock in the evening. And he'd work kind of like till late. So I was here during the day and I would photograph high school seniors and some business portraits and kind of that's what I cut my teeth on. So I really I still really love how exciting, you know, I I love photographing high school seniors for sure. I like all of it. People, people's my thing. I like meeting people Mm -hmm. and um, getting to know them and seeing how we can create something that's that really shows who they are and what's important to them.
0: And you do a lot of high school seniors, right?
1: A lot. I do my fair share. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think last year we photographed maybe 110. So back in the day when I was a little younger, I'm like, we probably photographed 225. Uh-huh. But now I think my, I like my number 100, 110 because I, I get to spend so much more time with them. And I feel like I can make it a more personable experience for them. Right.
0: Do you think it's become more difficult? to get high school seniors, how how has that business changed because of digital photography?
1: How well, has it changed? I think that, I mean, obviously clients are gonna everybody's gonna know a photographer now or they're gonna they're gonna, you know, have their friend take them out to a field with a piece of furniture and try to create something that they see on Pinterest. There is that. But in the end, I think it is the clients that have very discerning taste that mm. understand it is good light, good posing, good technique, just good quality clean images that will stand the test of time. Right. So, and though I, like I am one that will be aware of trends and I occasionally let them influence me a little bit, but I am mostly a traditional classic and timeless kind of girl. And that's how I was raised. That's how I think that's how I see the world. And I don't see it in those, you know, bubble gummy colors and the, you know, people who push their saturation levels. And while I think it's pretty, it just isn't for me.
0: Right. Or the dark and moody—that's a trend, right? Dark
1: and moody, yes. Yeah. So dark and moody, light and airy. Like, oh, my dad has passed away. And, uh, but if he were alive today and saw a sun flare image in my <laughs> in my rack, I, I'm just, he, because back in the day that would be a pull. <laughs> like you pull that because yeah. you have sun flare, and now it's like you know, sun flare, yay! <laughs> like, right. so, yes, yeah. so, which
0: so, I've seen some beautiful sun flare.
1: I have too. I'm like, and I can appreciate that, but, but (laughs) my dad would just,
0: just so what I hear you saying is that creating good, beautiful, true skin tone capture the expression light. Well, fairly classic, nice backgrounds. Those consistently sell year after year, decade after decade. Probably century after century, is that that
1: kind of- is exactly what I'm saying doesn't matter, I'm like I kind of see photography, you know or the 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 industry, I sort of see it as a pendulum. and in the middle of that pendulum, when it swings it it you know in right in the dead center at the bottom is classic traditional right and then you swing all the way this way, and it's you know some sort of trend. And you can swing all the way the other way, and it's some sort of trend. But in the middle, you have to always pass through, right? But that's brilliant. Ooh, I love and that. And so, and that's where I sit. Yeah, that's like that's my sweet spot. That's what I like. And I let I like my children to look like my children, and I like to see their faces. I love to see their expressions, and I just I I want to see them as they are, just best possible version. Yeah. Obviously, yes, you know. Cleaned up. Yeah. Cleaned <laughs> they're, up. they're 9 and 11. They were playing in a mud puddle yesterday. <laughs> I'm like, that's fun too. But on my walls, I, I want them to look like they are and how I want to remember them forever.
0: Right. I I laugh sometimes when people on Facebook will post, one of my clients wanted me to do spot color, but I'd rather die.
1: <laughs>
0: and and. But they're like, my, my style is fill in the blank. We'll just use dark and moody because we were talking about that. Okay. And because, you know, I'm sure you remember when doing uh, black and whites and hand coloring in uh, some flowers or the faces. People loved that. It was something I personally charged more for because there was handwork involved.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was a trend. And trends, I love your pendulum analogy because the pendulum was in that direction. And I know that dark and moody is going to sometimes be, people be like, I'd rather die than give them dark and moody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, and so I have, I have a little bit of a different take on it like, because I've had people ask me about spot color. And my goal in life is to say, yes, So yes, yeah, if that's what, if that's your style and that's what you think you like, I can certainly help with that. And here's how much that will cost. And so like it, in the end, if that is their aesthetic, then I'm here to help you. I can help you with that. And, but sometimes I will try to say, you know, that's a trend, (laughs) like, like, like black fingernail polish. That's kind of a trend. You might be a little sorry about that in 10 years, you know. Like I, you know, I'm a child of the late eighties. My senior portrait was Madonna-esque uh-huh. and with big bangs and big, you know, like I had the out and it still hangs on my mom's wall and I'm sorry about it every day. The bigger the hair,
0: the closer to God, they say.
1: Absolutely. So like, but you couldn't tell me at the time that was a trend, right? But, you know, but I, so now I get to use that example and explain to those girls like right. why, That's a trend. Right.
0: So I found back in the day of the spot color, people would hire me because they saw it and thought they wanted it. So we would plan a session and that that's when we used film. So I had to have two cameras or change the camera back to black and white. And they almost never would order the print with the color, even though they asked for it and it got me the job.
1: It's sort of like the lo- I think they call them lost leaders. It's why they came, but when they got here, they found you had either more to offer or something that even fit their aesthetic even better. Right. What really told their story and not like let's call it a gimmick or a or a, a I think a trend is really the right thing yeah, to call. Yeah, because there's nothing
0: wrong with trends. Yeah. Yes. So I also want to go back to what you were saying about the classic Do you know who Phil Cheris was? It sounds familiar. Okay. So darling listener, you might want to type in Philip Cheris. He perfected the classic portrait that was in line with classic paintings. And he advised somebody once a photographer was like, well, you know, how can I increase my pricing? And he said, get a gorgeous chair and a really expensive rug. (laughs) (laughs) And what he did is he, I don't know if it was his wife or another woman that was an artist, but he brought back in the seventies, the classic oil painted background that they had done in like the teens. And then that painters had used, you know, for centuries. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Okay. And he, in a world where, let's say at the time, people were having $500 for a a big portrait, he was charging $2,500 because he was doing the classic. And funnily enough, he did my high school yearbook before he had the change. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And classic, I don't know, would you agree with this? It doesn't mean always like some formal boring pose. No. So what does that mean to you, classic?
1: So, so that you can see their expressions. So that you can see, you know, I do prefer, I probably lean towards more looking at the camera and as opposed to some looking off. But I do occasionally do that as well or when they're looking at each other. I think a port, a classic portrait could be in the yard. We have a we have a yard here at the studio, which is one of the just the best things that we ever did because we not only have a studio space inside, but we also have a big yard outside that we use for portraits all the time. Now, are you a storefront we are a storefront, so, but we're on our own piece of property. It's not like we're in a strip or anything like that. So it's a standalone building and a big yard with like some trees. And we actually, <laughs> when we bought the studio, um, cause we rented for half of our time here and then we bought the studio, we tore up a big parking lot and made huge hills outside right on the corner so that we can't see the big road, which is awesome. Oh, And they can't, they also can't, they can't see us either. So it's sort of the highest point of Chesapeake right in my yard. (laughs) So we use it as a bluff. Um, I can photograph on both sides of it and I have, you know, we have trees and we have trees that line the front. So I can't see our busy road, but we are right on a very busy road. And you like, you'd think you were on a golf course because you can't see it. It's awesome. Mm. So, so, but I think back to classic portrait, I think that, um, classic portrait just means again, well posed clients are well, like the subjects are well connected. They, you know, clearly act as a family unit and they are, you know, they're, they're not, you know, too far away from each other. You can see some family dynamics as and, and, um, all of that just, I think it's relatively traditional and classic and timeless and it will always, always be. Fantastic on their wall.
0: Right. I think of good lighting, natural skin tone, and expressions that capture their essence. So you feel like that person is going to speak to you or they're listening intently. That's what I consider a classic. The location, the clothing that doesn't date the portrait.
1: I agree.
0: I always recommend solid colors long sleeves, and long pants or skirts. Or if, if someone has very pretty, slim arms, then sleeveless. But personally, for design reasons, I think that long sleeves or sleeveless helps the eye travel to the face and the expression more easily. If there's a short sleeve, our eye will start looking at skin always. And so it starts in the hands, goes up the arm, and then if if there's a short sleeve, it will stop. If there's a long sleeve, the eye goes right to the face. If they're sleeveless, then it goes right up the arm to that beautiful face.
1: Yeah, That's exactly right. And so the other trend I remember where, you know, sometimes they all dress exactly like I I give my clients a little latitude now so that they can coordinate, but not, you know, not make it too matchy matchy. Yes. Um, I do say now that it's okay to have a little pattern. You don't have to be so serious about it. Mm. But, you know, as long as it's a soft pattern, you don't want anything like really jarring, like, you know, a gingham tablecloth style would be <laughs> a bad idea because whoever's wearing that's going to get all the attention and you, that's not what we're looking for. Right. So that's all comes up in the consultation. Yes. So I, always consultation ahead of time so that we can talk about goals and vision and special requests and style and family and you know, who they are and what they like and, and how we can incorporate that to make their right. their piece their own.
0: Yes. And that builds what I like to call the trusted advisor relationship
1: mm-hmm.
0: where we have them in and we build their confidence in us and we guide them on the things that will make the portraits more successful. And I think also when it, when you were talking about seniors, having the experience of a photographer who is a professional photograph you is even if your best friend took a photograph that was just as good, there's something really memorable about that time when we're seniors of going to a studio, whether the studio means, you know, meeting them outdoors, but whatever, going to a professional and being pampered and complimented and
1: kind of really
0: seen by an adult and having our beauty and our, you know, just who we are celebrated. Do you know what I'm
1: talking about Jeannie? I absolutely do. And I also think that, you know, a professional will have a complete vision of how a portrait session should go and can have all of, you know, these kind of great poses that are classic, but can also be kind of cute and quirky. But in your quirky pose category, like you're not gonna you know use the wrong lens and make their legs look ridiculous or which happens with when you're just having a friend do it you don't right. realize how distorted your body can get it just by using the wrong lens right or your camera phone or your or what have you
0: right simple poses can I'm not petite and I can look enormous in one pose and I can look like myself in one Different pose, and I can look skinny depending on the skill of the person photographing. So, I know that some people that have been around a while think, Oh, senior photography business is dead. But what I'm hearing from you is when you're doing it well and you're promoting it well, it's very much alive.
1: Absolutely. I do not think that it's dead at all, actually. So, I'm like, and I'm, you know, I feel so busy in the summer that because you know our season here runs from June to maybe October Mm -hmm. and it is very exciting the other thing that I really like about my studio in general is that like every day is a little different for me it's not you know I'm like I can appreciate photographers that have created a niche and they are wholly and 100 percent all in on their niche and that's all they like to do and they do it so well that they draw clients from everywhere because of that one thing. But in my experience, uh, I don't know that I want to be pigeonholed. Uh I like, since I like people so much and, and, and I've had children, I understand babies. I really, I like it. I like them from babies. I like them to old people. I like everything in the middle. So I, appreciate that every day is different for me. Last night I was photographing a family on the beach. Um, they had a dog, the dog got away. I had to do like, I had to chase a dog and (laughs) capture the dog and in the end everything was fine, but I had to capture that dog.
0: (laughs) So, So, and it sounds like you're niched that you photograph people, right? You don't do weddings
1: yeah weddings well, and the reason I don't I'm mean, like it's not like i I don't excel at them. I'm like I'm sure I would be great because I was trained really well, but I was my dad's assistant from the time I was before like before the age of fifteen until I was about thirty five and that was quite enough <laughs> so. <laughs> So, and if they would do weddings any other night of the week, then I would be all in. But because they happen on a Saturday and I wanted to have kids and I want to be able to go to the kids games or whatever. And when you do them well, you're busy because then the next bridesmaid is also going to choose you. Right. So I, I just didn't want that forever. And so I like, I like my calm life that I can, schedule and i love the fact that i have a business portrait and then a high school senior and then a family and then maybe a pet Oh, like my day is varied right and and it is really the spice of life for me
0: have have you found like i have that now that we're we've been around a little while Mm -hmm. some of our best clients are the grandmothers of young
1: grandchildren. I do love a grandmother who has (laughs) called and says, you know, they have, they have a, a, you know, a a 18 month old grandbaby or, you know, whatever the age, but yeah, I do going back to high school seniors. You were saying about high school seniors and that it's not dead because we have been in this one location for so long. I am now photographing the seniors of people. I photographed seniors for 20 years ago. Ah. So it is the longevity in this one place, the continuity of our studio and of our family. I mean, it is just me and mom that run the studio now. Um, we have other people that work here and I have, I do some outsourcing for retouching and such, but I do a lot of it myself, but it is the content is the fact that I have my hands on every single thing that goes out of here. My name goes on it. My heart goes on it. And I think it is that kind of continuity and that kind of care and that kind of attention to detail that really do keep those clients coming back. Right. So it is, you know, so now if we've got, you know, if I'm photographing the child of somebody I did seniors for that grandmother would have been the mother back when their kid was a senior. And so this whole time we've been, you know, kind of touching base every five, ten, eight years, something like that. And and now it's time for the next generation to come. And so, we make sure that we also do generational style portraits when right. that. Happens. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I love it. Yes, yes. Gosh, I could talk about this for hours. You're just a wealth of knowledge and experience. Can you suggest one actionable item? that a photographer can do this week to market their business, grow their business?
1: I will say one of the things that you could do this week is learn, how, like go and find someone you can network with. Like if you are, if you're a baby photographer and there happens to be a clothing, a baby clothing store still open in your area. I think those kinds of relationships that where you can both benefit from a particular client base. So, someone who is going to a clothing store that, you know, is maybe a little higher end, has smocking, has, you know, like that kind of traditional feel, and uh-huh. if that suits with your aesthetic and the kind of photographer you are, go and have, you know, take that, take that business owner some coffee and go and tell them about your style and get to know them a little bit and what their product is and how you can help them. Mm -hmm. And they in turn help you. And so that kind of teamwork together, you know, like if you have a client come in that is an 18 month old, and they're going to need a classic style Peter Pan collar outfit. Then you go, you know what the person you need to see is and state the name of the store. Yeah. And then you guys are sending each other business. That's a great and tip. The more you help other people, the more they will help you. That's, that's what I think. That, I, have one, I have one other thing. Good, good. I think the one other thing that you could do, maybe, you know, whether it's this week or this month, but if you're not a member of your state organization, so what I'm a member of Virginia professional photographers association have been since the early nineties. And that is where I get all of my continuing education that in, and, and professional photographers of America. But the, my state organization is some I know that there's a lot of photographers that belong to PPA but not their state but it's really the state that where you get it like we have a monthly meeting you know you get to check in with your community of peers you get to meet and know these people who will help you like grow grow your knowledge base and you know, like you learn mentoring, you can mentor other people. If you have some kind of knowledge that you would like to share, people would like to learn. Mentoring is a great way. My dad mentored tons of photographers mm. in the Virginia area. Um, I also love to chat and, and help mentor people who would like to learn more about photography. I have an intern starting next week. Oh, wow. Who Yep, yeah, So that it was a high school senior of mine. So that all comes up in conversation. Um, so I think that those kinds of things like continue your education, get involved with your associations. It is, it is really one of the best things that you can do to grow you professionally and yeah. personally.
0: So what about the print competition? Tell me about, cause I know you've been active in that.
1: Yep, and, and so I did take a break for a while when I was having children and now like now I'm finally back to, um, entering prints again and, and how does that benefit you. It benefits you because it, t- it teaches you to look at your images more critically. Mm-hmm. So where you have to turn them upside down and see like if where the focus of the images and like squint your eyes so that you can see the contrast levels and what the judges might be looking for. Right it teaches you to hone your skills in such a way that no other thing, cause any client that looks at their portrait, they're going to go, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. But if a judge looks at it and says, that's amazing. Now, you know, now you have a trained eye and, or if a judge looks at it and goes that that really needs some work, honey. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so which is, you know, that's happened to all of us, but Yes. But that is, um, that is really the best kind of education in that you just, you really learn. And then once you start to get knee deep in those kinds of competitions, it changes the way you photograph your everyday work. Because right. my, my dad used to say, oh yes, you know, I'm really, you know, pleased when I get a blue ribbon, but I, what I really, really like are those green ribbons. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. people who will pay you for your art and for your work and for your blood, sweat and tears. That's, that's really what he, you know, he loved entering competition, nice. for sure. but, but, you know, it was making the client ecstatic and happy and just, right. just, you know, over the moon.
0: Yes, I agree. And I think that the client wouldn't necessarily be able to tell us why something seems better, but they know it.
1: They will know. Yes. Yes.
0: Now I photograph as if everything's going to go to competition whether I compete or not. Mm-hmm. And I have been for decades. But I see my work improve like every year. I'll look back and go, whoa, I really like my work more now. And <laughs> and that impacts the bottom line. I'm sure you have found that too because when the work is more artistic, the lighting is better, the expressions, the compositions are strong. Clients are willing to invest much more because it's more and more in that fine art level. I would agree. That being said, we don't have to have award-winning photography to make a really good living in photography.
1: Absolutely not. Especially if you provide them with an excellent experience and really just well lit, well composed images that they can cherish forever. Right. Nice expression
0: because it's their children or their family or people they love. So they're going to love it even if you can criticize parts of it yourself that you wish you had done better. Always the case. Sometimes I look back on work I did 25 years ago and that people paid a lot of money for and I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I've learned a lot since then, but they loved it. They still do. (laughs) So so I want to ask you if you could describe what profitable means to you that is not mainly related to money.
1: Hmm. Profitable. Do you mean, I think, let's talk in terms of success. So how about successful? I'm like, I can tell you that success successful what what makes me feel successful is what every time I walk in this studio like I am proud just beyond proud to be at the helm of this organization or this studio that was started oh so many years ago and that I still keep you know, the high ideals that my parents instilled in me in this, in this studio. I love the idea of being a business owner or, well, or at least I'm actually the president. My mom is the owner. (laughs) I love being the president of this organization and um, being able to steer it through all and navigate it through all of these times and I love being able to be in charge of my own schedule I love the fact that if you know one of my children has something at school that I can mark it off and I I can be there no problem so that's success I I do that's success I often do feel like the studio runs me rather than than me running the studio but there there are moments when I go, Nope, I'm like, I'm taking off because I'm going wherever I got to go. Right. And, um, to be able to have this kind of living, doing the things that I like, just to be able to be creative and just have a camera in my hand. Always. I think that's, that's a win. That's success. Success.
0: And so if we bring it back to, you know, that's a very profitable existence that you have profited every day from your business and the satisfaction that you gain from the lifestyle, from what you've contributed to your community, uh, keeping your family life balanced. Um, Yeah, sounds like a win to me.
1: Well, it is. My husband and I are real partners in life in that he can handle, he has a very flexible schedule. And he handles a lot of what goes on with the kids and he helps get them to and from school. And I sometimes drop them off in the morning and then get to work early. And it leaves me a lot of space to be able to run the business in the way that it needs to be run. So it gives me a lot of time and, and I can put my energy here fully.
0: So it sounds like this career has given you a really good life and that you you see yourself more decades ahead enjoying enjoying what life is like as a prosperous profitable studio owner
1: yes I do yes absolutely okay. I can never I can never imagine doing anything other than this and or any other place than this right. I just I just love it
0: so if people would like to get in touch with you see your work maybe send you an email um, where would they go can you share your contact
1: with them? sure our website is HobbsStudio.net, and my email address is info at HobbsStudio.net. Great, and I'm sure
0: if they are in Virginia and want to stop into the meetings, you will greet them with a big smile and help them feel right at home. Absolutely. Oh, Thank you so much, Jeannie, for being on my show. It's people like you that keep me inspired to keep sharing and growing. I love your stories, and you have so much wisdom.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me out. Like, this has been a real joy.
0: I'm so glad. So that's it for today, and I would love for you to get in touch. And if you wait for this recorded exit with the music, you'll hear more about how to do that. Thanks again, Jeannie. Talk to you later. Bye.
1: Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please
0: rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.